morning to all of you. <coughs> Hope you all didn't eat too much, huh? Otherwise, it's difficult to sit, huh? Okay, we are supposed to have a guided meditation this morning. And uh, tomorrow, I think there's a talk about meditation. So, I uh, just uh, today just talk about the practical aspect uh, so that you can meditate. Uh, firstly, the first thing is uh, posture. Uh, posture is very important. You have to sit with your spine straight. Uh, and to do that, uh, <clears throat> it is easier if you sit a bit higher with a cushion behind you. Uh, without a cushion also can. Uh, mm. Some people can. And then uh, there is the full lotus where you cross both your legs. Uh. There's the half lotus where you cross uh, one leg. Uh. But this is more for people who are slim uh, with long legs. Uh. Mm. Easier to cross. Mm. If you are not slim with long legs, eh, then you can do the Burmese posture where your two legs are in front of you like that. Eh? And then for some people with fat legs, they have to sit on the stool. <laughs> Gisha style. They sit on the stool, your two legs behind, uh, underneath the, the underneath the banku, eh, the, the stool. Eh? Or if you have a big fat zafu that I have, you can sit on it and then your two legs by the, at the back, facing the back at the side. If you don't sit with your spine straight, because it's easy to relax. When you relax, then you tend to go forward, tend to bend. But if you do that for long, uh, you might get a pain in your spine. Uh. That's why it's good to sit straight. Uh. The other thing is, uh, don't sit on a cold floor. Uh, because you sit on a cold floor, especially if you have, uh, if you are past 50 years old. Uh, and the cold uh, gets into your spine, it's not good. Uh. The Buddha himself practiced Anapanasati. Uh. Nowadays, there are many types of meditation uh, and they claim uh, those are the Buddha's methods. But actually, in the Sangyutta Nikaya, the Buddha said uh, if anybody asks what type of meditation did the Tathagata practice, uh, the Buddha said uh, before his enlightenment, he practiced Anapanasati and even after his enlightenment, uh, he practiced Anapanasati. <clears throat> and in the suttas, Anapanasati is supposed to fulfill the four satipatthana, provided you practice uh, unremitting mindfulness. Unremitting mindfulness on one object, intense mindfulness on one object. That is the meaning of Satipatthana. So, nowadays, some many monks, they follow the Visuddhimagga. 
But you must remember that Visuddhimagga was written uh, 900 years after the Buddha's passing away. Mm. It's not very accurate. So in the Visuddhimagga, it is taught uh, that you should concentrate on one point. Usually they say the tip of tip of the nose, uh, tip of the nose or your upper lip. Uh. But that is not the Buddha's instructions. The Buddha's instructions is to be mindful of your breath. And in the Sutta, Anapanasati Sutta, Buddha also said you have to be mindful of the body. So many monks interpret the body to be the breath body. Uh, it is not only the breath body, la, it should be the whole body. La. Because if you are not aware of your whole body, yeah, and you keep on watching your breath, uh, and then when samadhi, your samadhi increases, uh, then you become unaware of the body. La. When I started, uh, when, I, when I practiced uh, Anapanasati in the early years also, that's what happened. You're not aware of the body. And then I discovered in the suttas that the Buddha said, when you attain the first jhana, there are five jhana factors. Vitaka, vichara, vitisukha, and ekagata. <clears throat> vitaka and vichara is the two tools you use in meditation. Vitaka means thought directed. Vichara means thought sustained. That means, thought directed means you direct it on your breath. You watch your breath. Breath go in, go out, go in, go out. After a while, it's natural for the mindfulness to run away. The Buddha said our attention is always pulled by the six sense objects. Sights, sounds, smells, taste, touch and thoughts. So the Buddha also said this is Mara's playground. Mara is tempting us uh, at these six sense doors. La. So we should not pay attention to the six sense objects, uh, but pay attention to the four objects of Sati or Satipatthana, la, which is body, feelings, mind and Dhamma. La. The reason is that if you put your attention on these four things, uh, it gives you wisdom. But if you put your attention on the six sense objects, it does not give you wisdom. Mindfulness is something that we all have all the time. You're watching TV also, you're mindful, isn't it? But when you watch TV, it doesn't give you wisdom. You watch football, it doesn't give you wisdom. So, we have to remember to put our attention on these four objects. And the breath is a, is one uh, that we start with. Uh. So we should contemplate the breath uh, as it comes in to your nostril and you follow it uh, down to your abdomen. And you should be aware of your whole body uh, and of the breath going from your nostril down to your abdomen and up again and out. You keep on watching like this. So, 
we tap is putting your attention on your breath. After a while, if the mind runs away, yeah, you got to pull it back. Nah. That is using vitaka, my thought directed. Nah. Direct your thought again to your breath. Nah. And sustain it on your breath. Nah. Keep it on your breath. That is vichara. Thought sustain. So if you have the good karma, yeah, good karma means you are a happy person. Nah. The Buddha said, the condition nah, for your mind to calm down is you have to be a happy person. Not filled with remorse. Some people have a lot of have done a lot of wrong things, huh? so they have a lot of remorse. The mind is always disturbed, huh? mm-hmm. so that kind of person find it very difficult to meditate. Huh? Mm-hmm. So if you have been keeping good karma, then you'll be a happy person. Then the mind settles down more easily. Huh? So if you can follow your breath huh? all the way from the nostril down to your abdomen and out. Huh? Slowly, you can follow it longer and longer. So when you're able to follow it longer, the mind slowly becomes one-pointed. Ekagata. It settles down on one object instead of being distracted to the six sense doors. So when it's able to settle on one object, at the same time, two other factors arise, pity and sukha. Sukha, you can say, is bliss. Bliss wells up from within you. And because of that, you are delighted at the same time. But for a newcomer, a new, for a beginner, when you get this experience, you are so delighted that you fall off the chair out of samadhi then you regret so you must play it cool as the westerners say so just keep your attention on your breathing and don't allow it to run away if it runs runs away you bring it back so if you are able to sustain your attention on the breath longer and longer, your samadhi increases in strength. Your mind increases in strength. But usually, for a beginner, your mind does not have muscle, does not have the strength. So even if you attain one-pointedness of mind, it's only for a short moment, you fall out of it easily. It's just like somebody carrying weights. You're not used to carrying a heavy weight. You carry a heavy weight. You're able to push it up just for a short moment and quickly you have to release it. So in the same way, you attain even the, like the first jhana, you're very easy to fall out of it. But then the Buddha said, even if you attain the first jhana for a short time, as short as a fingers, finger snap, the Buddha said, you are really, you are talking to monks, then you are really a monk. And you eat the, your arms food deservingly. And you listen to the Buddha's, the teacher's instructions. So the Buddha prays the attainment of jhana even for one moment. Because... <clears throat> If you are able to attain these five jhana factors, uh, even for a short while, 
what happens is that the five hindrances uh, are suppressed to a very low degree. Uh. These five things uh, normally we say are the five hindrances, sensual desire, ill will or anger, sloth and topper, making us sleepy, lazy, uh, restlessness and worry, and then doubt. These five things uh, by themselves are not the five hindrances. They are called the five hindrances uh, when they are strong and they obsess the mind habitually. Uh. Some people habitually angry, uh, some people habitually lustful. Uh, these two are very strong. These are the passions. So if you are able to attain the first jhana where these five factors arise, uh, what happens uh, is that a light wells forth from your heart, uh, comes up from your heart. Nowadays, a lot of uh, meditation teachers, they follow the Visuddhi Maga, they talk about the light outside. But uh, I believe uh, it's the light inside that matters. Uh, the light inside coming up. In the suttas, the Buddha said, when your mind becomes one-pointed, uh, a light arises. The Buddha mentioned light arises, although he did not say from where. It's because the light arises from your heart area. In Hinduism, they believe the mind is situated in the heart. So once that happens, your mind becomes one-pointed. You will find after that, two of your dispassions noticeably decrease. One is anger. One is anger. If you have a lot of anger, if you are able to attain this one-pointedness of mind, after that you find your anger reduces a lot. Not only you, 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 you see that people around you, your friends, your relatives also notice. The other one is lust. Lust is another habitual tendency of most people. We have lustful thoughts every day. Uh, but when we attain samadhi, uh, uh, it is reduced. It's not that you don't have, you still have, but it is reduced. It doesn't obsess your mind. So, that is actually the purpose of meditation. Because when you're able to uh, make your mind one-pointed, uh, you have control of your mind. Otherwise, uh, you don't have control of our mind. Our normal mind is always going out through the six senses. And because of that, uh, we have a very scattered mind. And because we have a very scattered mind, uh, when you close your eyes in meditation or whenever you close your eyes, uh, it's all dark. Yeah. For, but for the arahan, uh, when they close their eyes, uh, it's still bright, as bright as day. Even at night or so, uh, when they close their eyes, it's all bright. Uh, so, so we watch the breath uh, from the nostril, going into the nostril, down to our abdomen and up again. <clears throat> but after a while, you find uh, it's very easy for your mind to run away. So you need some tricks uh, tricks to help you focus. Uh, one is to chant a word when the when the breath goes in, 
you chant a word. When the breath goes out, you chant another word. In Thailand, they like to say, but do When the breath goes in, you chant but. And when it goes out, do But do is basically Buddha. But you can also chant Lohan. Chinese, uh, the Arahan is Alohan or Lohan. The breath goes in, you say Law. When the breath goes out, you say Han. So you do this. Uh, mm. But sometimes, after a while, the mind still runs away. Uh, so, especially uh, when the, you sit for a bit longer, the breath becomes finer and finer. Yeah? Uh, when the breath becomes finer and finer, you find it harder to notice. Yeah. Uh, so what you should do uh, is to make it noticeable by pulling your breath using a little bit of force. Uh, pull your breath down to your abdomen. Force it to go down to your abdomen. Let your abdomen rise up a bit and then go out again. That is when your breath becomes not noticeable. Uh. If it is still noticeable, you don't need that effort. No? But when it becomes not so clear, then you make the effort to force it down to your abdomen and out again. So follow the whole breath. This is the way they practice in India. In India, it's called pranayama. So, Buddha can be considered to be a Hindu saint. A lot of people don't like to say Buddhism uh, is part of Hinduism. Hinduism is not one religion. Hinduism is all the religions uh, in the Hindus Valley, Hindu Valley, mm, all the religions. Uh, so the Buddha was one of those um, Indian yogis. Uh, if he did not teach, uh, if he did not set the Dharma wheel rolling, uh, he will be just be considered as another Indian Hindu ascetic. Yeah? So, in India, this pranayama is forcing the breath, uh, using a bit of force uh, to make the breath noticeable, uh, to let go, go all the way down to your abdomen and up again. This one not only has the advantage uh, of making the breath noticeable, it has an added advantage uh, of making you calm down. Have you noticed uh, a baby sleeping? When a baby is sleeping uh, in deep sleep, uh, the abdomen goes up and down, very relaxed, goes up and down. Uh, so when our breath uh, goes down to the abdomen, uh, right to the very bottom, uh, we breathe from there, uh, we feel relaxed, you know, much more relaxed uh, than normal. Normally, when you're at work, uh, you're doing this and you're doing that, hustle and bustle, uh, you find your breathing is very shallow, down to your chest only. It's not deep down, because you're not relaxed. So to help you relax, uh, you breathe all the way down to your abdomen. So... That has two advantages. One is you relax faster. Secondly, the breath becomes more noticeable. Any questions? 
Now, we we'll continue. Huh? Why you have to notice your body? Lah? You won't know unless you study the suttas. Nowadays, uh, uh, there are monks who teach samatha meditation. They also talk about jhana. But the jhana states that they get, uh, is the, the, the samadhi states that they get, uh, we don't deny it is samadhi. But it is different from the Buddha's jhana. Hmm. So, uh, in the suttas, if you investigate more, you find like in the Diga Nikaya, the Buddha said, when you attain the first jhana, you have these five jhana factors. And two of them stand out very clearly. That is pity and sukha, delight and bliss. You feel very blissful. Very, very blissful because your mind has become healthy. An unhealthy mind is a very disturbed mind. A very a, a disturbed mind uh, is also a very unhappy mind. Mm. So, if our mind comes down and becomes one pointedness, uh, and this bliss arises, uh, and this delight arises, uh, that is a very healthy mind, uh, a very tran- tranquil mind, a very calm mind. Uh, so, this pity, uh, this delight, and bliss. Uh, after you attain the first jhana, to make your jhana strong, the Buddha taught that we should make, we should strengthen this piti and sukha by paying all your attention, unremitting mindfulness on your breath, and this this your one pointedness will last longer and longer, and the piti and sukha will increase. Then, when it is strong enough, the Buddha said uh, to make it uh, pervade your whole body. Pervade your whole body. Delight and bliss. Uh, make it go to every cell in your body. Uh. So if you are not aware of your body, you are not able to do that. So you find a lot of meditation instruct, instruct, instructors, uh, teachers uh, who teach meditation, even when they teach samatha meditation, uh, they never mention this. Mm. But it is mentioned by the Buddha. A lot of people think, uh, what's the use of studying the suttas? It's only theory. Only. Uh, they don't realize uh, a lot of practical instructions are in our Theravada suttas. It's different with Mahayana. I spent nine years studying Mahayana sutras. Uh, and then I realized they're not practical. They're not practical. Can't use it in everyday life. It's the same with Abhidhamma. Uh, it's not practical. It's a lot of theory. Yeah? Sounds very good. Nah? But you can't use it in everyday life. The suttas, the flavor is entirely different. The flavor of the suttas nah, is everyday you can apply it. Nah? So even in meditation, the instructions are so clear by the Buddha. Nah? So the Buddha said nah, to make, <coughs> make the delight and bliss nah, pervade your whole body. If you are able to do that, nah, then your samadhi becomes strong and you can repeat it. Uh, most of us, because we did not, we were not clear about this uh, from the beginning, uh, and myself, uh, you can get states of samadhi, but later uh, it falls out. Uh, uh, ilang. 
and to get it back is difficult. So it's good to get the right instructions from the beginning. So that's uh, that shows uh, how clear, how how obvious uh, uh, it is uh, that you have to be mindful of your whole body, uh, even when you are concentrating on your when you are observing your breath. It's not that difficult because our mind uh, is a supercomputer. When we are watching our breath, uh, you find uh, at the same time you can be thinking of your family. At the same time, you can be thinking of your office, work and all that. You're still watching your breath, isn't it? <laughs> because the mind is so great. Uh, so that's why it's not, it's not all that difficult uh, to observe your breath and at the same time observe your body. Be aware of your body, be aware of your sitting posture, be aware of the breath coming in from your nostril, going down to your abdomen and out again. Okay? In fact, uh, this is more relaxing. If you just concentrate on one point, uh, you concentrate too hard, uh, you get some muddy headache, you know. <laughs> people, people feel a lot of pressure around this point, right? This third eye point uh, is a chakra point. It's a chakra point. There are several chakra points in our body. Another one you notice when you're meditating uh, is at the neck. Because when you're tired, uh, your neck will naturally go down. Your head will naturally go down. Why? Because of this chakra point, uh, trying to save energy. It will go down. So sometimes when you're very tired and you're meditating, uh, it's okay. You just let your head go down. Uh, save some energy. Uh, Energy-saving lamb like that. <laughs> Okay, any question? No sound. No sound. This this sound system sometimes ada, sometimes tada. Okay, any other questions? Singapore, in the five factors of the first jhana, the ability of sukha seems a bit more subjective compared to the other three factors. A bit more what? Subjective. Subjective, subjective yeah. yeah. And because of that, I've heard by many different discussions, I'm not going to explain what it is. So one of them is that they say that when you meditate and your body is full of energy, in the later books, uh, they talk about Piti and Sukha, quite different from the Sutta. They say uh, it can be so strong, uh, it can be overpowering, that's why they call it rapture. La. And then uh, sometimes they even say that uh, it's... Uh, even more powerful than uh, orgasm and all that. Mm. But this is not in the suttas. La. In the suttas, it is said, piti and, su and sukha are subtle perceptions. It's very obvious, huh? but it is subtle perception. Why? Because what is overpowering uh, is your concentration. Because your concentration is strong, huh? 
these feelings, perceptions that arise, eh, cannot overpower your concentration, your samadhi. Uh, that's why they are subtle, subtle. They are very obvious, but subtle, very subtle perceptions. And uh, in the second jhana, it is you can notice even more the uh, strength of samadhi, because in the second jhana, when a person enters the second jhana, the concentration is much higher than the first jhana. And even though that person is fully aware, fully aware of mind states, of feelings, perceptions, and all that, yet thoughts cannot arise. Thoughts cannot arise. That's why it's said to be the state of the Aryan silence. You're fully aware, but you cannot think. That is in the second jhana. In the first jhana, the Buddha said, uh, you can only can have wholesome thoughts, not unwholesome thoughts. You cannot be thinking of your office or your family and all that. Uh, the kind of wholesome thought you might have uh, is that, ah, now I reach this, this uh, wonderful state. Uh, I must remember uh, how to trace my steps uh, so that I can repeat it. Uh, only that time, that time, uh, only concern with your meditation. Hmm. So that means uh, so when we meditate as a body, it's full of energy that's really not getting inside. No. That, that is why for my meditation practice, I actually reduce the vichara and the more as a national. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like that is more, like a, it's more objective. Like, you are full of energy means your chi is going full swing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. And when your, when your chi is going well, uh, you find uh, your body becomes very straight because the chi is flowing through your spine. Your body will naturally straighten. Mm. I think the, the one you mentioned about energy is related to virya, the of the No, that is different. The virya is making energetic effort to practice this one you've already made energetic effort and uh, this energy arises as a result. This is the chi. Mm. Oh, what is the time required? Each person is different. There are some people, they can spend their whole life, they'll never be able to get. Some people, because of past life, eh, they sit down very fast, their mind comes down. A lot to do with your past life. Let's say I did every, every day 10 minutes to meditate. For every day, can I achieve the object of meditation? There's no fixed uh, time eh, for your meditation. It's up to you, lah. Many years ago, we had an old lady from Ipoh used to come once a week to our monastery to do dana with some other friends. So I encouraged her to meditate. So she started to meditate. Then she told me, I can only meditate five minutes a day. I said, never mind. Every day you must make it a habit when you wake up to meditate. So she did. After two years, she was able to sit for one hour. And then after that, she had cancer. 
she had cancer and passed away quite soon na and because of her meditation na she was able to remain calm na so meditation is quite useful na when a person is dying na whether you can calm your mind or not if you are used to calming your mind na when you are about to pass away na your mind will go into your natural state your natural frequency if your natural frequency is peaceful you will go into that peaceful state so it doesn't matter how how many minutes you can meditate just keep at it don't expect results the buddha said there was a there was a hen sitting on 10 eggs and every day i'm wondering when the eggs will hatch very impatient when the eggs will hatch but when she has sat long enough uh, without making any wish uh, the eggs will hatch by themselves so the buddha said uh, if your eggs eggs have not hatched you have not done enough work <laughs> so don't be impatient uh. it has to take time uh. to go into jhana you have to fix your attention on one object all the time not change your objects the same object how uh, different kind of meditation from anasana pati but uh, with the knowledge of buddha's sutras is it not possible for the person to able to the two two conditions one is uh, uh unremitting mindfulness uh, on one object all the time uh. second condition uh, if you follow the buddha's uh, jhana uh, you have to be aware of your body uh. Again, say again. Uh, I mean, just like you say that we we should be in a very condition to go to meditation. Ideally, lah. So, which means we need to prepare a nasty breath, nasty to go to meditation. You need to what? Huh? You need to say the nasty. Enough rest. Oh yeah, yeah. You need enough rest. Enough rest. So, the the rest is that the rest is is the the type of hindrances. Yes, the more you sleep, the stronger your hindrance. So, for people who sometimes, when people sleep for hours, when people sleep for 10 hours, so can I say that people sleep for 10 hours is a slot? No, 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 no. It depends on the condition of the body. People who do physical work, you may need 9 hours of sleep a day. People who don't do physical work, they might do it 5 hours. Okay. So, if you need to sleep more, there are some people they need to sleep more, lah. Then you have to, you have to know your body needs, lah. But if you sleep more, then you have to practice harder, lah. You have to sit more, lah. 
That's why in the lay life it's very difficult uh, to practice the holy path. If you can practice as a lay person uh, uh, and attain jhana, uh, then no need to become monk and man- nuns. Uh. <laughs> No, because you have to observe your whole body, ma. Okay. not just one point. Don't just concentrate on the abdomen, mm-hmm. but you have to observe the whole body. Mm-hmm. How the whole body feels, is part of the, every part of the body. No, if you are following your breath huh, from the nostril down to your abdomen huh, and up again, huh, you will naturally be aware of your body. Huh? Mm-hmm. The other question I have now is that in walking meditation, mm. uh, one part is uh, the teacher walking slowly left and right. And the other part is that uh, deliberately slow down the process, noticing the lifting, pushing and dropping. And the belief that by doing that, when you do after that, you do the sitting meditation, okay? You can uh, get into the meditation mode easier and deeper. That technique, uh, Buddha technique, and is it right to do that? This walking meditation, uh, um, we use it uh, when we can't sit so well. For example, after your meal, uh, immediately after your meal, you try to sit, uh, you find not so conducive. La. So people do walking meditation. Now, walking meditation, there are many types. Some people are aware of their feet movement. Uh, but at the Buddha's uh, time, uh, if they meditate on the uh, breath, uh, they watch the breath all the time, whether they are sitting or they are standing or they are walking or they are lying down, all the time on the breath. So if you walk and you observe your your breath, uh, to make yourself uh, able to watch your breath when you are Walking uh, is good to coordinate uh, your breathing with your step. No? When you breathe in, when you are breathing in, uh, say you move your left foot. When you are breathing out, move your right foot. Breathing in, move your left foot. Breathing out, move your right foot. Uh, so in that case, uh, it's easier to watch your breath when you are walking. No? Uh, that is the Buddha's method. No? Not the lifting Pushing forward, putting down, feel the pressure, feel the temperature, all this. Is. Oh, so related to the walking meditation, I've heard um, you know, uh, people say you can actually get the first jhana with walking meditation. Is it true or not? I don't believe so. 
So nowadays, uh, you find certain teachers, uh, they say, very easy to get jhana one. You just sit down, cross your legs, uh, close your eyes, uh, watch your breath, you're already in the first jhana. No, no. In the Theragata, the verses of the Arahans, uh, there's one Arahan, he said, uh, after he stayed in the monastery during the Buddha's time, uh, even now, uh, a monk is supposed to stay with a teacher for five years, at least. Uh, and then he learned the basics uh, of the suttas and the vinaya. Then he's encouraged to go and stay alone uh, and practice hard. Uh, uh. So in the Theragata, this monk, uh, after leaving the monastery, he went to stay up the hills uh, alone, uh, practice very hard. Lived alone, 25 years he could not even attain the first jhana. <laughs> could not make his mind become one-pointed. But the moment after 25 years when his mind became one-pointed, uh, he attained arahanhood. Because you are so knowledgeable of the suttasma. When we attain the jhana, our mind becomes so clear that uh, we see things as they really are. The in the suttas, the Buddha said, the condition for yatta, buddha, jnana, dasana, seeing things as they really are, is samadhi, concentration. When your mind is rid of the five hindrances, uh, then uh, you see, you understand the Dhamma very clearly. Mm -hmm. Meditation is to all the people, like some of Western, they are Christian, they also practice meditation. Yes. So they always can achieve the, the, the so-called Can. So they cannot become Arya, they don't have the Dhamma, they cannot become Arya. But uh, a lot of people don't know, uh, the early Christian fathers, uh, they were meditators. Like Jesus Christ, I believe, was a meditator. It is said in the Bible, uh, 40 days and 40 nights he lived in the desert without eating, just meditating. So he must have attained the four jhanas because uh, Mara, whenever you attain the four jhanas, uh, Mara is very scared uh, that you become enlightened, become greater than him. No? So Mara, Satan, uh, came to disturb Jesus, no? just like he disturbed uh, the Buddha no? and the Arahans. No? So he brought Jesus up to a high mountain and he told Jesus uh, that uh, he can offer him, like the, the, he can turn the, the, the whole mountain into gold or something and offer to him. But Jesus was not tempted. No? So because Jesus had the four jhanas, uh, he could walk on water. No? Walking on water uh, is one of the uh, psychic powers that the Buddha and the Arahans have. No? But the Buddha and the Arahans had much more. La. So there are yogis uh, who attain the jhanas and, and some of them attain psychic powers. When they attain psychic powers and all that, uh, their mind becomes very clear. But unfortunately, because they don't have a chance to hear the true Dhamma, the early suttas of the Buddha, then they cannot even become a sotapanna, first fruit, first lower stage of Aryahood also cannot get. Because the lower stage of Aryahood, uh, in fact, all Aryans uh, must have right view. Right view is the understanding of the four noble truths. Uh, and the condition 
two conditions uh, for the arising of right view uh, is the voice of another, meaning a voice of another person teaching you the true Dhamma. The second condition is focused attention. When you are listening to the Dhamma, you must have focused attention. Because the Sutta says uh, when you listen to the Dhamma with focused attention, uh, the five hindrances are eliminated for that moment. Uh, and the seven Bojanga factors of enlightenment are developed. Uh. So you have these conditions uh, when you listen to the Dhamma, you can get right view. Uh. So without listening to the Dhamma, nobody can become an Arya. That's why before the Buddha taught the Dhamma, you could not find Arya. Aryans in India or in the world, except for those from previous life. So once the Buddha started teaching the Dhamma, thousands of people became stream enterers. So the Dhamma is essential. That's why you notice the Buddha spent his whole life, 45 years, teaching the Dhamma. Buddha said he's worried about living beings, worried that we will fall into the three woeful planes. Out of great compassion, he's teaching the Dhamma almost every day. Did the Buddha teach meditation to lay people? No. That's why I generally I don't take the trouble to teach meditation because lay people are very hard to meditate. If you have the interest, come to the monastery, stay a few few days at least. At home, uh, very difficult to meditate. <laughs> you have so many duties, so many worries, so many responsibilities uh, to occupy your mind. That's why a lot of people don't, don't, don't know uh, the Buddha didn't go around teaching meditation. Now everybody wants to teach meditation. <laughs> It's not important uh, whether you sit in full lotus or half lotus. But it's mentioned in the suttas uh, when the Buddha is in the forest uh, and he wants to, he decides on a place to sit. Uh, he'll find some grass, uh, some grass uh, put on the ground uh, and sit on the grass. Uh, so it's not so cold. Uh. <laughs> Any other thing? So when you are meditating, uh, be aware of your body, whether you are sitting straight, uh, whether you are sitting straight or not. If you are not aware of your body, uh, you know, some people they sit, their head go one side, also they don't know. They think they, think they are sitting very straight. Uh, some people, the whole body bent forward, about to topple, and, and they still don't know. Mm. Uh, very fine detail. When you say breathing in to the dome, uh, we imagine the breath going straight and come out straight or going to the, the back and come out to the front or going to the front part of the dome and come up. Don't use your imagination. <laughs> Let it be natural. Just know the breath goes in and goes out. Hmm? Make it, yeah, make it simple. Uh. Don't start imagining this and imagining that. Don't split hairs. Uh. 
A lot of people like to split hairs. Uh. Hey, uh, is it okay for, uh, for me to use the wall to sustain the spine? Use what? Wall, wall, wall. Yeah, against the wall. Yeah, the oh. In on the wall. Uh, why you have a back pain? Uh? Uh, no, because maybe comfortable is... Uh... Not, not, not really good. Uh. Mm-hmm. How about when you're sitting on the chair? Do you lean or... You, you must try to keep straight. Uh. Keep your back straight. Uh. Being on a chair, you start dreaming. <laughs> so better sit on the chair without a backrest. Any other thing? When you meditate and after a while you feel tired and you find you're not making progress, good to lie down for a while. When we lie down, it changes the blood in our head. So you find like the Hindu yogis, they go upside down. Why? To change the blood on the head. Then you feel refreshed after that. So if you're not able to do that, like the Hindu yogi, you can just put your two feet against the wall. Three or two feet against the wall. You only need to do like one minute nah, and after that you feel refreshed. Nah. Mm. Any other thing? Okay, I think we stop here. Then if I want to take a walk and then come back and sit. Nah, huh? mm. Okay, I'll do